Now let us turn to the word of God, to the letter to the Hebrews, chapter 11, and verses 8 through to 16. By faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith he dwelt in the land of promise as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he waited for the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. By faith Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed, and she bore a child when she was past the age, because she judged him faithful who had promised. Therefore from one man, and him as good as dead, were born as many as the stars of the sky in multitude, innumerable as the sand which is by the seashore. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, were sure of them, embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For those who say such things declare plainly that they seek a homeland. And truly if they had called to mind that country from which they had come out, they would have had opportunity to return. But now they desire a better, that is, a heavenly country. Therefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. I think I knew John Hammond for 22 years. I think that's the length of time that I've been coming regularly to Belvedere. And John was a dear friend of mine. I loved him dearly. I loved him greatly. And I would often talk with him, and he would wander down memory lane. He would talk about his time in the police. I think every time I came to Belvedere in the early age, it was early days, he would stand up and tell me how old he was. <laughs> and I soon worked out that he was nine years older than me. Never came to Belvedere without him reminding me of that. And also giving me some tips on how to deal with diabetes. <laughs> I was very thankful for that. We also have something else in common in that he arrested a member of the Cray Gang. And I'd had involvement with a member of the Cray Gang back in the 1970s when I worked in a rescue mission near Waterloo. I loved him. I really loved that man. And uh, every time I came in the last two years, my heart went out to him as I saw him deteriorating. He would always be there on a Sunday evening. And I would always pray that the Lord would give, him, give me words of encouragement to set before him. The end of life is a sad time. But we know that the end of life is a time when the believer, and the believer only, knows that they have a glorious and a wonderful hope. And I want to draw your attention this morning to the last statement in Psalm 23, where the psalmist makes this wonderful assertion, the absolute confident assertion, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. 
Now we know that John loved this remarkable psalm. And this psalm has been a great encouragement and comfort to God's people down through the ages. And here is the end in view of the shepherd, of the, of the sheep, looking at the shepherd. It began with confidence. The Lord is my shepherd. He knew God to be the shepherd of his people. It was absolutely certain. It was absolutely wonderful. The question I would ask you first of all this morning is, do you know the Lord as your shepherd? And then he knew the care of this great shepherd. And he could identify with every statement in this remarkable and wonderful psalm. He knew about lying down in green pastures. He knew what it was to leave beside still waters, places where the sheep would not be frightened. He knew what it was to have his soul restored, to be led in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. He knew what it was to walk through the valley of the shadow of death. He feared no evil, because he knew that the shepherd was with them, was with him. And then ultimately, the great end in view. The great certainty of the Christian, the great certainty of the believer, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And that's where John is today. He is in the house of the Lord, and he's not there as a temporary resident. He's there forever. The Lord Jesus said, In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. And there's a room in heaven, in that mighty mansion in heaven, that has John Hammond's name on it. And he's entered into that room now. And what a wonderful place it is. And he has the comfort of knowing that he is forever with the Lord. Now your house is where you live. And he is where God lives. And where God has lived throughout the endless ages of eternity. It is a huge home. Because it accommodates every believer and will accommodate every believer until the Lord Jesus comes again in power and in glory. The psalmist had a long journey. John has had a long journey. But he's known the faithfulness of his shepherd looking after his sheep. And when John became a Christian, he became homeward bound. His ultimate destination was not this world, it is heaven. It is the place that is wonderful and that is beyond our comprehension. It is incredible and it is amazing. We were reading in Hebrews 11 about that they look to a better country that is a heavenly one. And we thank God that John doesn't only look to a better country, he is now in that better country. He is now in that glorious heavenly country. But what is that place like? What is that house of the Lord like? It is a place of the most amazing 
and the most wonderful love. Because here you rest from sin, but not from worship. Pure, perfect, perpetual love. A love that is always there. A remarkable and amazing love. And he will know something of the fullness of Christ's amazing love for him and God's amazing love for him as well. It is a place of amazing holiness for there is no sin there. And yet he will not feel out of place for he is perfect. All those in heaven have been made perfect. Holiness is the element and fullness of joy prevail in the glorious presence of the one who is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. But it is only for those who know this shepherd, this amazing shepherd. The Lord Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. You can't get a better shepherd than that. And it is for those who know this amazing shepherd. And I have to honestly ask you a serious question this morning. Do you know him? And if you were in that coffin, would you be in the presence of that shepherd? Would you be dwelling in the house of the Lord forever? Over the Christmas period, my wife and I stayed in a farm. My son lives up near Leamington Spa and I get up at the crack of dawn and we're not all that keen about that. So we live outside the place. We've got an Airbnb. And we stayed on this remarkable farm and they take in all the waifs and strays. They take in stray sheep and they take in stray ducks and all sorts of animals they take in. None are turned away. But you know, my friends, the wonderful thing is that in the gospel, none are turned away. All are welcome. The door is ever open. The Lord Jesus is ever there and he's ever available. And he said when he was here, come unto me all you who labour and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. The shepherd takes in all the needy. None are too bad for him. And all are remarkably welcomed by him. And the sad thing is that all are lost without him and need to be found by him. And I pray that even in this gathering this morning that you will meet with this glorious shepherd that John knew. I saw a video clip recently and uh, it's of a shepherd. And this sheep was in a bog. And it was in a black bog and it was sinking. It was almost up to its neck. And the shepherd came and it had horns, this sheep. And the shepherd came down to where he was. And he pulled this sheep with all that he could out of this bog. And you see this sheep coming out of the bog. And it was filthy and it was black. And then he washed it and made it clean. And when the Lord Jesus came into this world to be our shepherd, he takes people out of the terrible mire of sin and takes them out of the bog 
and washes them in his own most precious blood and makes them one of his children, makes them one of his sheep. And if you've never known that, then call upon him today and pray that he will make you one of his sheep and he'll wash you from your sin in his own most precious blood because the shepherd has become the sacrifice. He laid down his life for the sheep. He bore sin in his own body that you and I might go to heaven saved by the blood of Jesus. And I pray that you'll call upon him today. If you don't know him, the most important thing in his life is to know him and to be saved by him. What about this remarkable place? Well, John is seeing today the amazing glory of Christ. It is an amazing sight, an amazing picture is the glory of Christ. When the Lord Jesus was here, he prayed a remarkable prayer. And all the statements made in John 17 were answered and will be answered till the end of time. But he prayed this, Father, I desire that they also whom you gave me may be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory which you have given me, for you love me before the foundation of the world and today John Hammond is beholding the transcendent glory of Jesus Christ in heaven he's seeing something of the magnificent beauty of Christ and as somebody has rightly said heaven will be eternity will be too short to explore the glory of Christ what a sight and yet not feeling out of place being enwrapped with the glory, the revelation of who Christ is. Isaiah saw something of the glory of Christ. He saw the seraphim veiling their faces and feet, the burning ones in heaven. But he will not have to do that. He will be there beholding the glorious person of the Lord Jesus. You know, it was said of the early people in the Salvation Army that when they left this world they were promoted to glory well John has been promoted to glory he was in the army of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords and he's promoted to glory it was said of William Wilberforce who fought for the abolition of slavery it was said of him by his son toward the end of his life he seems to be a man in love with another world well, you can't be in love with this world, can you, at the present moment? The only place you can be is in love with another world. And so it is in heaven's glory. All the sorrows have gone for John. There must have been many times when the family, when they saw him in recent days, felt broken hearted. I did. 
I felt broken-hearted for him. My heart went out to him. But now he's been released from that body, that awful, sad body. And you know we have a picture of heaven in the scriptures. These are the ones who came out of great tribulation and washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will dwell among them. They shall neither hunger any more nor thirst any more. The sun shall not strike them nor any heat. For the Lamb who is in the midst of the throne will shepherd them. He's still looking after John. And lead them to living waters. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. You can imagine the picture in heaven. Well, in eternity, outside of time, the great God of heaven takes out a big handkerchief. He wipes John's eyes. It's all over. It's all over. It's all over. All your suffering, all your sorrows, it's all over. And somebody rightly said, this life, is but the womb of eternity. When by his grace I shall look on his face, that will be glory, sweet glory for me. Paul the Apostle put it like this, for to me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. What a great gain is there for dear John now. You can't say that about anything this world has to offer. You have to leave it all behind. We brought nothing into the world. It certainly can take nothing out. But what again? Fullness of joy. The presence of Jesus. The glory of the Son of God. There's nothing pleasant about death. It is the last enemy. But the Lord Jesus by his amazing resurrection, has taken away the sting of death. It's not nice to say goodbye. We know we'll not see him again in this world, but we have a comfort of knowing that one day we shall see him again. We know that he is forever with the Lord. One day we, every believer shall be there with him. Oh, my friend, will you be there? Will you be there? My heart aches for you this morning. Will you be there? I can almost hear John saying into my ear, persuade them a bit more. <laughs> my friends, this Lord Jesus is a wonderful and a glorious Saviour. One who welcomes all irrespective of what you've done, irrespective of who you are, irrespective of what age you have, you are. You're welcome at the feet of Jesus. When he was here, there was a man living among the tombs. Nobody would touch him with a barge pole. Jesus did. When he was here, the Lord Jesus went into the home of 
of Zacchaeus, the chief tax collector. As somebody has rightly said, it was as if today he passed by the local vicar and the local mayor and went to the local drug stealer. The Lord Jesus welcomes all. And I would plead with you this morning, I know that John will want me to plead with you this morning, that you may close with Jesus Christ and see him as a wonderful, a glorious, amazing saviour from sin. There are many here who could stand up and say, yes, he is my saviour. I pray this morning that you'll be able to say that too. He saved me even in that thanksgiving service for John Hammond.